You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. And welcome, well, everybody. You are here live with Dr. Jeff Werber, your host here on Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio. Um, probably the only live radio show, maybe not, but uh, we're uh, we're having a good time. And uh, live means we want to hear from you. That means you any questions you have about your pets, dog, cat, you name it. Dog and cat, I'll probably answer like this second. And you get to some of the birds or exotics, I will contact some of my esteemed colleagues who are experts in those fields, and we will get you an answer. But we do want to hear from you. That's what keeps our show hopping, pardon the pun, and we just want to uh, have a good time, and I want to be here for you. I want to be here to help enhance that relationship you have with your pets, way then to know a lot about your pets. I want to thank our sponsors, ProSense Pet Products and Kong Toys, K-O-N-G. They had a wonderful, wonderful event on Friday night called More Than a Cone. I mentioned it. A great fundraiser for many, many different animal charities uh, across the country, not just here in L.A., and basically what they did was they commissioned very famous artists to paint the Elizabethan collars. So what happens is now, instead of having these kind of very plain-looking collars, off-white, clear, whatever the case may be, some made it out of fabrics now, they actually had world-famous artists paint them, auctioned them off to raise money for many celebrities, respected uh, animal charities. And what they're also planning on doing, once they get enough really cool designs, is start incorporating the designs into their collars. So when your dog has to go home after that spay or neuter or whatever surgery and you're worried about him licking or her licking at their incision lines, we want to keep them away from that hot spot, from that lick granuloma, and they go home with a collar. They'll be wearing not just a collar, but a work of art. It's really cool. So a really, really good event. I want to congratulate once again. This was year number two. And uh, judging by the amazing success, there will most likely be a year number three next year. So Anyway, give us a call, 877-385-8882. Once again, 877-TOLL-FREE, 385-8882. You can also contact me directly here just by logging on to PetLifeRadio.com, going on the Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff tab, and there will be, you can just, there's a box, and it says, join in the conversation. Just start logging in and chatting away. And lastly, you can send us a quick little note, an email to Dr. Jeff. that's Dr. Jeff, at PetLifeRadio.com, and that mail will be forwarded to me live as we speak. So here we are. You wouldn't know it in some parts of the country, certainly still not here in L.A., though we did get some rain yesterday. We got some drizzle. It was really amazing. But uh, this, to today, it's another one of the, the hot, hot days. But we are approaching where we're you know, coming up soon. We'll officially be out of summer and into fall. And with that is going to be some really, hopefully, weather, great weather for us and for our pets, and especially our senior pets. Because when I think about senior pets, I think that one of the problems associated with our pets in general is obesity, and that number seems to rise with our seniors. And I mean, it makes a lot of sense. The less you do, the more you gain. And the more you gain, the less you can do. And that starts that vicious cycle because of their joint issues, because of other organ dysfunctions, because of just getting plain old tired. They don't exercise the way we'd like them to. So what will happen is they start to put on some weight. We know that's very dangerous because that leads to other problems, cardiovascular problems, diabetes, uh, joint problems, which then further exacerbates this unwillingness to want to move around. 
One of the things I like to do is to talk about some of the really cool considerations that we should start thinking about as we want to start exercising our pets during these hopefully soon-to-be cooler days, cooler evenings. And I always think, and I've always said, that the best time to exercise and really get into this program is going to be spring and fall. Depending on where you live, of course, winter is often too cold. For you and your pet, you're not going to want to get out there. And during the summer, as we clearly know, we are very limited as far as exercise time because it's just too hot. So we have to do it early, early in the morning or relatively late into the evening because, as we know, the ground and even the heat. I mean, I've been in places in the Midwest, for example, where at 9 o'clock at night, it's still 100 degrees. I was doing a piece for Fox Las Vegas last summer. And I'm, as I'm, we're landing, the pilot gets on. This was 10.30 p.m. The pilot gets on, and he says, and welcome to Las Vegas, where the temperature is 104 degrees. And I'm thinking, ha, 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 this guy is just being cute because it's that airline's where they try to be cute. You may know which airlines I'm talking about. Anyway, I get out of the plane, and guess what? 104 degrees at 10.30 p.m. So clearly, uh, some of these places, very, very challenging, very, very difficult to uh, exercise your pets. But what I wanted to do is um, just go ahead and talk about some of the, just some good tips that you have. So first of all, before you start any exercise program in a senior pet, this this is go for dog or cat, is you need to start with a really good physical exam. Very important. We want to make sure that we don't have already have some exacerbating condition, whether it's heart, whether it's an endocrine disorder like diabetes or Cushing's, because these will affect your dog's, your cat's response to exercise. And it's a dogs, which they can go outside and actually run around. So it's very important to start with this exam. You might even uh, learn that you're going to have to modify a diet. And there are certain caloric needs that need to be enhanced and others nutritionally need to be cut back. So very important to work with your veterinarian when it comes to a senior that you really need to get on an exercise program. Another thing is, let's face it, a lot of senior pets and they're in pain because of back problems, because of joint problems. And we want to make sure that we have them on the appropriate pain medication, anti-inflammatories, because they're not going to want to go out and walk with you or run with you or play with you if they're hurting. And also understand that though some of the medications we would like to use on our pets are our own, some are inappropriate for pets. So just before you reach in your medicine cabinet for something for your pet, make sure that it's something that's safe. That's also very, very important. So next up, another you know, good suggestion is you really want to start slow. You know, if you're training and run a marathon, so it's very important to sort of work them up slowly. In other words, if they feel that this just isn't fun, they're not going to want to do it. So the, one of the keys to getting them to enjoy is to start f- slow and make it fun, whether it's a little treats or, or hugs and kids, whatever it is that you know your dog really likes, that's what you need to do. Next up, consider the surface. You know, if you have running on hot pavement, on snow and ice, on rocky terrain with a lot of small pebbles, they're just not going to want to do it. So it's important to try to make sure that where you're running is a smooth and comfortable surface. And one of the things we had, uh, we had a guest on our show about our paw savers, but, you know, that's another great thing to consider are these little rubbery, just about an eighth of an inch, very, very thin, and they just stick right onto your dog's feet, and they will provide a little extra comfort and protection, depending on the type of service you elect to use to run on. So that's another thing to think about. Another thing I recommend is because dogs, they get bored. Can you imagine having a puppy? And again, some puppies would be fine with this, but I'd say more would be not okay if they had only one toy. 
one chew toy, period. Now, I know we have a, I have a box. I have a lot of dogs. And um, I have a box with a number of different choices. And we have two, actually. One upstairs, one downstairs. And they know where this box is. And it is so cute how they will run. And they know they have a, a certain mood. And they will get in the mood to play with one thing versus another. And it is really, really funny to watch. So likewise, when you're trying to get a senior pet, this is a pet that may not really like to get out there that much to exercise. It's important to mix it up. Sometimes it might be a swim. It could be a a jog. It could be going to the park with a Frisbee or a tennis ball. It could be a little run. It could be a long bike. Whatever it is, take them to an agility course. Those are so much fun. One of my dogs is little my my old black brindle Frenchie. He is probably one of the least athletic dogs on the planet. And yet, when I took him to one of these agility courses, he was a superstar. And I'm talking stuff that I wouldn't be afraid to do. And he was running running across these like thin planks um, and up and down stairs and jumping through hoops. I couldn't even believe it. So think about it. A little variety goes a long way. And the most important thing is to have fun with it. And next up, really evaluate their pain. You know, one issue with dogs, all of us that have them know this, they love us so much and they want to please us so much that they will not outwardly exhibit their signs of pain, their signs of exhaustion, their potential early signs of heat stroke. So it is really critical to learn your dogs when you see their gait suddenly change, when you see the panting a little bit more aggressively, then you know it's probably time to back off and wait till tomorrow or the next day for another session. Don't force them to do anything. Not only that, if you force them to do it, they'll do it, but tomorrow, or the next day when you try to get them out, they're saying, uh, it's okay. I like, I'm taking the couch. I'm going to watch the football game. So make sure you go easy. And then, you know, of course, the last thing is you want to continually monitor your pets, reevaluate, reassess, make sure you're doing the right thing. And that way you can have a lot of fun with your pets, your senior pets. And from a health perspective, you will be helping them dramatically by helping them prevent the onset of certain conditions that we see with age, with obesity. And again, that to maintain that lean muscle mass is key and very, very important. So anyway, we're uh, at that halfway point. We are going to continue. I have some nice things to talk about next up, but don't go away. And uh, we'll be right back after these words. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. I'm home. My hair looks cute. Now what? Bringing home a puppy or new dog is exciting, and he is depending on you to keep him in good health. Dogs need special care to keep them healthy as they grow throughout their entire life. Caring for their health is critical in all stages. With ProSense, it's simple and convenient to give your dog the care it needs with effective and quality products that treat, prevent, and provide essential daily vitamins and minerals. ProSense products are veterinary formulated and recommended to ensure the very best for your pet. Try ProSense today. Your dog will thank you for it. Pets love life. Love them back with ProSense. Do you know that moment when your dirty dog's about to jump in your nice, clean car? You can avoid all the cleanup and mess with a 4K9 seat cover. 4K9s makes heavy-duty seat covers and cargo liners that will blend seamlessly with the interior of your vehicle. You can find us at 4K9s.com. That's the number 4, K-N-I-N-E-S.com or on Amazon.com. 4K9s makes nothing but the best for your best friend. Calling all pet product manufacturers and pet experts. Let the public relations and marketing professionals at WhiteGate PR get you featured in the news. 
I'm Dana Humphrey at Whitegate PR, and we have been specializing in pet product PR for over 10 years and can get your brand featured in the media from TV to radio to print to blogs. You can find out more at www.whitegatepr.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And welcome back. You're here live with Dr. Jeff Werber, your host here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. Um, again, we all want to hear from you. Come on, 877-385-8882. Let's talk about anything, or else I'm going to have to bore you with more of my stuff. Or you can uh, just send me a quick note. Join in the conversation here on Pet Life Radio. It's very, very easy to do. Or send us an email to drjeff, drjeff at petliferadio.com. And um, I'm just checking right here. And interestingly, sadly, no one yet has joined in on our conversation. So, um that's it. It's so easy. You can also just give me a call and um, we will talk. So anyway, I see a lot of this. You know, my, my practice is predominantly dog and cat. You know, we see the little furry household pets and we'll see the guinea pigs and the, and the hamsters and the rats and the rabbits. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a 99, 98%er dog and cat. Always those have been my, uh, my love. I joke. I must have been a dog in a prior life. People ask me, what do I like better? I say, well, I really like them the same. I actually have more cats than dogs by one, six and five. You know, it's funny. I, I always say that I get a kick out of my cat clients asking me, what do your dog clients think about the fact that you like cats better? And then I have my dog clients saying, what do your cat owners think about the fact that you like dogs better? So by the fact that I think it's pretty equal, I'm a nut for both. Anyway, nutrition, as I often talk about, I think it's in a sense overrated. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it's extremely important. But when someone says to me, what's the best food? I, you know, I have to take a step back. Can you imagine? Can you imagine telling somebody walking down that aisle at a supermarket of breakfast cereals? By the way, by the way, in most supermarkets, that is the largest aisle, and telling them what the best cereal is for what reason? Because you, I mean, really. And go into a pet store. If truly think about going into like your your local pet store, which has aisles of food. Now, if there was truly a best, if they actually believed themselves that there was a best, would you need aisles and aisles? No, you'd have one. You'd have a little, little little corner end cap with just the one food because this is the best. So point is, there's no such thing as the best. There are many criteria. We talked about this often. And do not, under any circumstance, let any employee salesperson at a pet store tell you what the best food is. You want to talk to somebody? Talk to your veterinarian. Go online. Do some research. Talk to a veterinary nutritionist. Do you realize that there are actually specialists in nutrition? These are veterinarians that are now DVMs or if we went to University of Pennsylvania, VMD. They, they do a residency in nutrition, often getting their PhD at the same time, but residency in nutrition and get to put little initials after their DVM, ACVN, the American College of Veterinary Nutrition. So when you have an ACVNer, all right, a diplomate of American College of Veterinary Nutrition, that's who you want to talk to about the best. If there is, that's who's going to answer your questions because they're, they're best for one dog may not be the best for the other dog. And that brings me to what I want to talk about here, and that is we often talk about canned food versus dry, pros and cons. And uh, I'm sharing this article. This is by uh, Dr. Deb over at Pet Place. And, um, you know, what are the pros and cons when it comes to cats? What should you be feeding? Now, I have my own personal 
preferences based on some work done by some experts studying diabetes in cats. And there are some just things to consider. There's certainly some pros for dry food. I mean, dry food, if you feed a premium good food, it's nutritionally balanced. Clearly less expensive, but well, we have to talk about that in a minute. It can help minimize tartar because they're crunching. And dry food stores better. It's got a long shelf life, which is true. You can keep it in those big you know, buckets. And yes, I feed my cats dry food too. But my cats, f- dry food is their sort of the middle of the day munch where it's not their meal. Their meal in the morning and the evening is canned food. And then uh, during the day, I let them, you know, kind of forage, if you will, on their, uh, on their food, their dry food. What are some of the negatives for dry food? Well, first of all, cats don't like it as much. Though, if you look at my 22-pound Bugsy, he may beg to differ. And if you leave a really large, full bowl down, it might be hard to see what they're eating. Now, I have, as I said, six cats, so they each have their own little bowls. So I get a feel for how much is being eaten. And I also, I'm very consistent, which is very important. I'm very consistent with how much I actually put in their bowls. So I know I can, and it's not a lot, by the way, because I don't want them to have a lot. So I, I, I really have a good feel for what they're eating. Comes to the canned food or the pouch food, also nutritionally balanced. Just make sure you're getting a name brand that's done all the AFCO testing, et cetera. It has a much higher water content. We discussed this when I did my media tour, talked about mixed feeding, that it's very important to not feed just dry food, especially for cats. Dogs, eh, you can argue, but not for cats. They definitely need to have more water in their diets. It helps prevent urinary problems. And we'll, we'll talk about another thing in a minute. Cats, by the way, love wet food or pouch food. And again, if you, if you offer a small amount once a day or twice a day, it's easy to assess their appetite. The negatives, of course, it costs a little bit more. Limited shelf space. Once it's open, you, you got to use it. In the, you can keep it in the fridge, which is what I do, but you, you got to use it fast. It has very little to no abrasive activity. So as far as minimizing tartar and plaque, it may not be so great. And, you know, let's face it. Cats, because they usually like canned food better, the more only canned food you feed them, the more they may reject your dry food. But I have another issue that isn't mentioned here, and I just want to add to it. And this is sort of newer research that we're learning more and more about. And that is that we know a link that cats get type 2 diabetes, all right? Dogs usually get type 1. So type 1 diabetes is insulin-dependent diabetes. That is very, it's the juvenile diabetes. And that is the damage to the islet cells of the pancreas, which secrete the necessary insulin, and they become insulin-dependent. Cats, on the other hand, often, most often get type 2 diabetes. This is the dietary-related diabetes. This is the diabetes that sort of messes up with their balance, their sugar balance and the pancreas. And we see this a lot in cats that are fed exclusively dry food diets. Why? Because cats are obligate carnivores. Cats need protein. They need a lot of protein. And so therefore, when you feed a cat all dry food, they're getting protein, but they're also getting an inordinate amount of carbs. And that sometimes works on the pancreas, causing a problem, puts on weight, by the way. Do you realize that per gram basis, dry food is more fattening than canned food? Why? Well, first of all, canned food has a ton of water in it, 75, whatever percent water. So that's going to dilute out all the nutritional value right there, but it's also the calories and much less carbs. So you can control the amount of fat, but when you're filling food in dry food, in the case of dry food with carbs, then that tends to be a problem. With cats. So, another reason why I'm not saying do not feed your cats dry food, not at all. My cats like their dry food, but make sure they get ample amounts of appropriate canned food. Uh, Number one, it will eliminate or minimize the amount of dry food you leave out, which will control the carbohydrate load. And it'll also give them plenty of water for their urinary tract health. And we just might see a reduction 
tendency for these cats to become overweight and to develop type 2 diabetes. So anyway, we're nearing the end of our show once again. Uh, By the way, if you are so shy or so embarrassed to pick up the phone and dial that 877-385-8882 or embarrassed to join us here on the conversation, um, what I think you can do very easy is send me an email. Send me an email to drjeff at petliferadio.com. We will answer uh, you. I'll answer you personally, but also I will share your question with our listeners here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets, and we'll get some, uh, hopefully, some get good, some uh, good conversation going, which is very important. So anyway, thanks again for joining me on this Sunday. Hope you have a wonderful day. For those football fans out there, make sure you and uh, I'm sure you're gonna have a lot of football to enjoy. Um, and for my my Jewish friends and colleagues, uh, including Mark, our producer, I want to wish everybody tonight is Rosh Hashanah. So I want to wish a happy New Year. And uh, otherwise, we will see you all here next week, same time, 9 a.m. here out in the West and noon back East and Mountain Time, Central Zone, whatever in between. And uh, we will see you then. Have a wonderful week. Thanks. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.